So I don't know about you, but this is a hard series. It's a hard series. I remember when I was little, I mean little, little, probably third or fourth grade, and we'd be going to church, and guess what they'd be talking about? Walking in love. And even as a little kid, I knew, oh, great, it's going to be hell in my home all week long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I knew it. I was like, every time they talk on walking in love, we have kind of some issues in our house. And so um, that's how it is. That's how it is. You know, especially if you want to grow, you're going to have to go through some discomfort. And so this series is kind of like that. Bait of Satan or overcoming the enemy's traps. I mean, bait and trap, they kind of go together. So, and that lovely word, being offended at every little thing, which, did you know that the Bible says in the last days people will be offended a lot? Guess what? I think we're there. We're, we're offended a lot. And so I'm just going to recap. Not that I don't think you know, because Wednesday night, we're, we're here, okay? We're going to learn. We're just, it's okay to talk back and to not be perfect. I love not being perfect. So um, we talked about the first one was just kind of opening, right, Mom? You did it. Massive offense. Was yours massive offense? Just introducing offense. Basically, you know what? How many of you guys here have accepted the Lord as your Lord and Savior? Okay, boom. You're out of the enemy's camp, but he hates you. He hates you. He wants you to stop your progression. He doesn't want you to leak out on other people. And help them become Christians. He hates you. And his desire is to stop you. And his biggest weapon. In his, in his arsenal. Is offense. Because it is something that we've accepted. As natural. But the Bible says offenses will come. They're going to come how, do, how we respond. And mom. Pastor Margaret. Sorry. Uh, talked about a massive offense. And how that trap has to have bait. And the trigger on the trap is called scandalon, which is, you know, scandalous. It's, it's, it is there to bait you, to trap you. And obviously, when you're in a trap, no matter what trap you're in, you're stuck. You're stuck right there. There's no forward progression. There's no where, and if it was a movable trap, like let's say a rope, someone has you tied up in a rope, they can move you wherever you want to go. I mean, it kind of just so you're, you know, they're going to take you where they want to take you. You're stuck. You're in the trap. You're their prisoner. And how many prisoners that are Christians are so ineffective? And I guarantee you, I've been there, probably there this week. So these messages are, so, I mean, you think, oh, we're going to talk about that again. Yes, we need to. It's something you have to talk about all the time because even when you're, you're not hearing these sermons. It's so easy to get back in the natural order of things. And that's what we're going to talk about, natural order. Because this lesson's hard. <laughs> this one's a hard lesson. So how do you handle mistreatment? 
Um, it kind of depends on your personality because if you're going to go the natural, okay, so here's my natural reaction. Bless God, they're not going to treat me that way. Come against me. I'm a strong woman. I may be little, but I'm going to show you. You know, so that's the natural reaction. And the other natural reaction is, oh, poor me. They're mistreating me. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> so you know what? You can have your natural reaction. Probably a lot of times, like he could have created an inner vow. And that's, inner vows are wrong, believe it or not. So when you were little, you could have one or two things. Well, when I grow up, he's not going to treat me, and no man's going to treat me that way. Or when I grow up, no woman's going to treat me that way. No one's going to treat me that way. Okay. You know, there's a natural, natural way of doing things, and there's a supernatural way of doing things. As a reminder, I was talking to a little girl, and she said, you know, she was on the golf course, and, and somebody accidentally hit the ball and came to her heads. Well, all the guys that she was playing with, adults, turned around and hit the ball back at the people. I was like, oh, wow, that's the exact opposite of what the Bible says to do. <laughs> you know what? And so that's the way we're living. We're living in a world that just, like, do unto others as they're doing to you. Because bless God, no one's going to use me as a doormat. And so you have a choice. You have a choice with every situation. Am I going to react naturally or am I going to react supernaturally? And so you actually, I mean, that is so easy to say. And I don't care how much willpower you think you have. If you are being mistreated it takes more than willpower. It takes Christ's power within you to overcome. So in my life, I've noticed, you know, it's, we're getting busy, you think? You know, we're kind of catching ourselves coming and going. And when I get so busy, you ha it's like manna, you know, in the, in the Old Testament. God promised to feed the children of Israel. And he said, hey, I'm going to give you this every morning, and you come up and you get it every morning. But don't take two for two mornings. So, like, you can't go out and say, oh, I'm really tired. I want to go get Monday and Tuesday so I can sleep in on Tuesday. Okay? Or so, and they did that. Guess what happened? They get up on Tuesday, it's wormy. Wormy, wormy. And then, and then they, he said, okay, now on, I don't know what day, I'm going to say Saturday, because that's our Sabbath is Sunday. They said, okay, Saturday, you can get two days. They get up on Saturday, they got two days on Saturday, they get up Sunday, wow, automatically, no wormy. So there was only one time you could do it for two days. But it reminds me, you have to get close to your source of strength. You want to react in the supernatural then you're going to have to do something, get close to the supernatural. And that means you have to commune with the Lord every day. Every day. We're at war. And I, it's, it's a trap. You know, we're talking about avoiding the enemy's traps. Busyness is the enemy's trap. And I've repent. 
because I've been so busy. And I haven't been in the presence of the Lord. And that's what causes me to stumble. When I'm not in the presence of the Lord, I have no power to react in the supernatural. I only have I only then I automatically I automatically go back to my default, which is uh no, you're not gonna treat me that way. And I'm gonna tell you how it is. And guess what? I'm always right. Boom. Uh so this is a different way of living. And you want to react in the super? You're going to have to get close to the super. And you're going to have to make it your life's blood. You're going to have to come to the realization, I will die if I don't do this. I will absolutely die. And you may absolutely physically die. I've come to that spot several times in my life. Plus, God, I need to get to it right now. Um, but you will die, be miserable. That's what the devil wants, is to be in his trap, miserable and stuck in the mistreatment. So that's, that's what we're talking about tonight. How do you deal with mistreatment? Mistreatment. And so the mistreatment I'm going to talk about is more mistreatment from someone in authority over you. Not necessarily from a peer, because I would perceive a peer, you communicate. And so, and that's, that's kind of, you know, I have done here, um, you know, when we're mistreated, our natural tendency is to defend ourselves. And so I always want to defend yourself, and, and I caught myself trying to, well, I just want to defend myself. Well, if, if they just knew my heart, if they knew my heart, then they would know that everything's okay. Well, what if you're working under someone who is evil? I mean, let's think about it. Uh, you've got Saul, who was king, literally trying to kill David. I would say he was mis being mistreated. He was being mistreated, and he was chasing him. Chasing him all over the country when he could have been being productive. He was chasing Saul, trying to, I mean, David, trying to kill him. And there was two times that, uh, of course, you're going to have to deal with two things. You've got spiritual authority and you've got man-made authority, which there are two kinds. And, you know, man-made, let's say pastor. You know what? There's no pastor that's perfect. It's really irritating. I mean, I've been there. It's really irritating when you know the pastor and you know all their faults. And it's just really irritating to have to listen to him. See, how long is this church? At 45 years? Guess what? I'm 53. I've been in this church for that long. And I know the pastors more than anybody else. And it's really irritating. So thank the Lord I learned some of this lesson a long time ago that I was able to look past most of that and still learn. But I, I dare, I'm there with you. I understand these people are not perfect and they, and then, you know what? There are people, and thank goodness not here, that are outright not good. And they're still in the pulpit. So we got, we have some pastors like that that we have to deal with. But there are, let's get into some scripture because it actually says, all right, Martha, I gave you my only piece of paper. So if you, yeah, if you'll give me that piece of paper, thank you. 
thank you, thank you. Um, maybe I better look at my notes so I know which one I'm reading. Um, all right, let's go ahead and Romans twelve seventeen through nineteen. Of course, this is this is this is not the one I wanted. It's you're gonna have to bear with me tonight. Um, go ahead. Yeah, we're going to read it because we're going to read it now. I can play off of it. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. You know what? Most of the time, especially if you're in a work environment, what if you have a coworker that is out to get you and talks about you to the other people to make you think, to make them think that you did something wrong? Or what if you have a coworker that talks about you to the boss? You know, I kind of like to watch romantic movies. I get that from, yeah. And so my favorite is Cinderella. So any story that says it's a Cinderella story, I'm going to watch. It just happened last week to be, or whenever we did it. Watched the Cinderella story. It was modern day. But she was a nurse. And of course, the evil stepmother was like the head nurse. And she was mean to this. And it just, it was so funny because I know I was going to teach on this. And we were watching this and I'm like, oh, I would have, I would have told that. I would have, I would have, I would have. And then I started really studying for this lesson. I'm like, okay. I probably should have acted like the girl in the story did because when she had to go do a, a what do you call those pot pants, uh, bed pants, bed pants, bed pants or throw up or, or uh, wash someone's body or whatever. She just would go do it instead of going, well, isn't that your job or I'm not going to do it. It's your job. You're not going to treat me that way. I mean, she just would go do it. She just would go do it. Okay. So even though she didn't know people were watching her, you know what? And you have to come to that conclusion. Who are you working for? Number one, are you working for God or man? I don't care what you're doing. If you're a teacher, if you're a farmer or rancher or whatever, you have to decide, am I doing this for money? Am I doing this for a man? Uh, or am I, am I doing this because everything I do, I should be doing as unto the Lord. So I'm going to let him Defend me. That is so hard to do. All right, next scripture, Martha. Uh, Proverbs, and uh, probably this one is the same, Proverbs 20, 22, about not defending yourself. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Oh my goodness. You know what? Well, I'm going to say it because you know what? That's the way I am. Uh, Eugene's always like, you got to trust the Lord. And I'm like, I don't want to trust the Lord. He's too patient. I want him to just strike him with lightning right then, right there, and take care of it. I mean, if I'm truly, I mean, I know this scripture. It says, don't say, I'm going to get even for this, which I'm pretty good at doing that, but I'm not good at waiting on the Lord to handle it because quite honestly, he doesn't do it in my timeline. So we have to learn to wait on the Lord. And I have to remind myself all the time, every time I take matters in my own hands, it never works out. 
And I have to remind myself, because I like things done fast, if I really want it done fast, then I need to get my hands off of it because I need to get out of the way so he can work with that person without my interference. And that always is faster. I have to remind myself that's always faster than me getting involved. But that's hard to do. But what happens when I get involved, boom, I'm in the trap and I am ineffective because I've got my eyes on man. I'm trying to straighten this person out. I've gotten my eyes on the wrong thing. I've gotten away from my source, away from the super, and I'm into the natural. Uh, okay, go ahead, Proverbs 24, 19 through 20, Martha. Don't fret because of evildoers. Don't envy the wicked. For evil people have no future. You need to remember that. The light of the wicked will be snuffed out. I mean, that's, it's sowing and reaping right there. Go ahead and do 29. And don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me. I'll get even with them. You know, even David, it felt like the, the people that David was with on the mountain when Saul, Saul was supposedly delivered into David's hand, he's like, his men were like, look, the Lord is on your side. He's delivered Paul, Saul into your hands. Kill him. Kill him now. He's terrible. You know, David's like, who am I to raise my hand against God's anointed he had, and this is where we can learn from David, because he recognized that the king, evil as he was, he may not have honored Saul, but he was able to look past Saul and honor the office. Okay, we may not like who's in office right now, and he may be a very evil man. But we have to somehow, and it's a supernatural thing, to be able to look past that and honor the office. So when we pray, when the Bible says to pray for the president, we need to pray for the president, that office. There, that was for fun and for free. Um, all right, Habakkuk 3.19. So this is where we get our strength. The Lord is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk. Walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places, my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Okay, so it, it said right there, that he's going to lift us up in our trouble. So no one is denying that you're not being mistreated. But the Bible's saying he's, uh, he's going to sustain you in your trouble. He's going to lift you out of it. So you have to choose. Am I going to defend myself? Because if you're defending yourself, then he doesn't need to. You're doing it. So you have to decide who, who's going to defend me. Well, I guarantee you, if I had to choose between someone coming mugging me, if, if I was going to defend myself or, let's say, Eric Brown or Jeremiah Gilkey with their guns, I think I would choose them. But if the rule was if I started punching, they couldn't do anything, I'd definitely have to step back. Then that's the same way. If we're going to defend ourselves, then we're going to defend ourselves, and we're really quite inadequate to do that. We have to step back and let the Lord defend ourselves. 
uh, 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Is that it? Because it was in a different one. So basically what that's saying is, hey, every, the secrets are going to be known. Those mistreatments that you've been suffering, they're going to come out. And, and you will... You can choose to get praise because you've suffered through it and not just chosen to defend yourself and let God defend you and he will get you out and he will give you a reward. A reward. And those people will get their reward. And sometimes you're back there going, yes, just give them the reward quickly, Lord, quickly. But you know what? You have to remember he's patient with us. It's a supernatural thing. This can only be done in a supernatural way. You have to go back to the source, especially if it's someone you're dealing with on a daily basis, a boss, uh, you know, like Paul and uh, Saul and my goodness, Saul and David. He was dealing on a daily basis. He was running for his life constantly, having to decide. So, all right, First Peter two eighteen. And the Amplified. I think this is the one I really wanted, So, but I'm glad we did the others. It says, you who are household servants, be submissive to your masters. I want to know when we're done reading this, how many of you guys knew this was in the Bible? Uh, be submissive to your masters with all proper respect, not only to those who are kind and considerate and reasonable, but also to those that are surly, overbearing, unjust, and crooked. Really? The Bible tells us that? Ugh, that's not fair. That, I mean, that's kind of what we think. That's not fair. Ugh. And we want to lay down and kick our feet and say, that's not fair. I'm being treated wrong, Lord. Okay, we're whining to someone who was betrayed by his closest friends and killed unjustly. I, I think we can handle it, but only with him. So how many of you guys knew that was in the Bible? Yay. How many of you needed to be reminded today? <laughs> yeah, okay, I want to read this out of the message because it's like, ouch. It says, you who are servants. Okay, guess what? We're the ones who are servants. Be good servants to your masters. It's not just to good masters. Okay, it's easy to be good to someone who's good. In other words, it's easy to love someone who's love, who loves you. It's easy. But also to bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake. And when you're treated badly for no good reason, there's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve i mean you know if you're going to deserve some, if you let's say if you get your pay, pay docked i mean if you deserved your pay doc what reward is that but if you get your pay docked and you didn't deserve it hey that's a reward because you suffered through it that's the suffering but if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant that's what counts with god you always have to go back 
I would almost say there's two things you need to go back to, always. Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I with who I'm supposed to be with? Now, if you're married, you're with who you're supposed to be with. If you're working at a job, am I working for where I'm supposed to be working? And if the Lord says yes, then it matters not how you're treated because he put you there. If you ask your... <clears throat> If you're mad at the pastor, if you're mad at the executive pastor because the chair color's wrong. If you didn't like the thick, I'm trying to get things that no one's complained to you about. <laughs> uh, if you don't like the cafe rock, if you just, you know, you don't like the parking lot or whatever, you have to ask yourself, am I, did God plant me in this church? Boom. He planted you in this church, whether the, the chairs are throw up green and the carpet is burnt orange. He planted you there. He planted you there if you don't get recognized for all your good deeds. He's planted you there. He's planted you. So always ask that thing. And I totally forgot number two. So I got lost on one. Uh, okay, never mind. We're gonna, it's going to come back to me. So what was the scripture again? Let's read it because it's going to come back to me. Okay, you who are good servants, be good servants to your masters, not just to good masters, but to bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're treated badly for no good reason. There's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant, that is what counts. So we're talking about mistreatment. So you have to ask yourself, am I where you're supposed to be? And if God says yes, then you put up with it. And then you have to ask yourself, am I going to defend myself or am I going to let God defend me? Because just like the movie, it all turns out great. Yeah, it does. It's awesome. Um, okay, let's go ahead and read Isaiah 40, 29. This is, what we, we, this is where our super comes from. Getting close, studying the word. It says, he gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases in strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. He's going to give power to the faint. You may feel like you're, you just can't handle it anymore. You've got to press in. You've got to press in. But you know what the thing is? Is when you keep your eyes on the Lord, all those things that used to hurt you don't anymore. It's an amazing thing. But it only happens when you've been in his presence. Because it's like he covers you with his love, which is a protection. And all those mean things, all those, you just are like, God's got this. He's got me. I'm working for him anyway. He can, he's going to take care of me. And then the next day you get your manna and you remind your, mind yourself, God's gonna, got me. He's going to take care of me, and it's all going to be okay. Um, okay, James 4, 6. But he gives more and more grace. 
power of the Holy Spirit to meet that evil tendency in all others fully. That is why he said, God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but he gives grace continually to the lowly and who are humble enough to receive it. You know, it's prideful. It's pride for me to say, bless God, I'm not going to be treated that way. No one's going to treat me that way. That's pride. Pride says that. Pride is all concerned about how I'm treated because I'm the greatest. If Jesus himself went through suffering and people mistreated him, do I think I'm bigger than him? Okay, so this is where all those wonderful sermons of walking in love. When you do that, when you get your eyes off of yourself and how you're treated, it opens your eyes to go, wow, I wonder what happened to them today. I wonder how they were treated when they were a kid. No wonder they're acting that way. And then when you start seeing with God's eyes, compassion grows. And you can bless those who cursed you. But that's a supernatural way. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're in constant communion with the Lord daily. Okay, Luke 26, 22 and 23. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. You know, if you're at work and you're reviled because maybe you don't have a mouth like everybody else, or you're reviled because, I mean, because you're being nice, or you don't, you don't act like everybody else, you can consider that a blessing. But you will crumble if you don't stay close to the source, and you will react in the natural, not the super. And then it'll hurt, and you'll have to dust yourself off and get back up, and you'll probably have to say you're sorry and apologize and ask the Lord to forgive you, and you may have to ask someone else to forgive you, and it'll take longer. I'm telling you, I'm all about fast. I want to get out of the way now. Get out of the way and let God take care of it. Um, so real quick, just because I know how it is when you're mistreated and, you, and you're a strong-willed person. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> but, so I want to give you, I want to leave you with some things that you can defend. Because the Bible never, ever, ever says to defend yourself. Even Jesus didn't defend himself. But there are some scriptures that tell us to defend some people. So Martha, go ahead and uh, put up Psalms 82.3. It says, give justice to the poor and the orphan and uphold the rights of the oppressed and destitute. So we're commanded, we can speak up for the poor. We can speak up for the orphan. We can win, and we can uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. So it's okay to defend those people because God gave us permission to do that. Uh, Proverbs 31.8 and 9 Speak up those for those who cannot speak for themselves. 
What about the pro-life movement? That's something God says we can do. Speak up for those people that can't speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. But the second you turn your eyeballs inward, then you're in danger and you're in the trap. But as long as you got those eyeballs outward, God's got your back. So you can choose. Do you want you to defend yourself? Or do you want God to defend yourself? And only one more scripture, um, the one in Esther. I, I always I kind of don't like this scripture because I always thought, <laughs> you know, if you're married to the king, if you're married to the king, I would definitely have to make sure that I was in a super more than I was in the natural. Because if I was married to the king, I, bless God, better be able to do just about what I wanted to do. Because I'm the queen. Right? I mean, if he's in a meeting and I walk in, he better stop what he's doing and listen to me. Because I'm the queen. Right? Well, that is not what Esther did. She not only honored her husband, but she honored the office. And he was not a godly man. But she submitted, and her people were going to be annihilated. But instead of defending herself, she had all the people pray and fast, and then she did what God told her to do. And she, this is at the end of her deal, she's talking to the king, and she says, hey, for my people have been sold to those who are going to kill them, slaughter and annihilate us. But she said, this is where it's like, what? Wait. She said, if we had just merely been sold as slaves, I would remain silent, for that's a too trivial matter to warrant disturbing the king. Really? Okay, so we don't like to suffer, but that's what it's saying. You know what? We're called to suffer. We really are. But I'm going to say we need to learn as, as the modern-day church to kind of embrace that a little bit more. Hey, we're going to suffer for the kingdom. It's okay to be mistreated because we're working for the Lord. And just like Esther, hey, if we're going to be, I would, she was even willing to be a slave. Hey, I'm okay being a slave. But listen, I'm pretty sure God's not okay with you killing his entire race. You can make them slaves, but not. And I'm like, really? Wow. But of course, the story turned out great. So that's basically what I wanted to share tonight, that that um, you have to choose. Are you going to defend yourself? Are you going to let God defend you? And I know people, all of you probably got stories. I know mom's got a story. She worked for a really mean guy in Tulsa that got mad at her because the paperclip was wrong. I mean, just like mean old gripey pants. And just ridiculed her. And it's a good thing that she was learning at the time. And if so, if I would have reacted in the natural, I would have went, do you know who you're talking to? And guess what? That's pride. You just say, yes, sir, and turned it around, didn't you? Even when you were like, mm, pretty sure that was whatever. And did you start praying for him? You want to tell the story? 
Can you do it in five minutes? Okay. Can you see if that's on? It is? Oh, it's not on, so turn it on. Most of you probably have heard this story but and read it in my book. But um, the part that she said is true. I went into his office and he said, you know, I had the paper clips, clips wrong. Don't ever do this again. And the way he did it was very hurtful. And I went home and I cried. I threw myself over the bed and cried. And the one thing I wanted to do was to quit. That's what I wanted to do. I said, Lord, I've had it. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to be treated this way. I'm going to quit. And inside, I knew that God was not going to let me quit that job. And then I heard him say, are you willing to see that man through my eyes? And so I said, yes. So he showed me this man that was very miserable. He had been called into the ministry in his denomination years ago, and he never did go into the ministry. He was a chain smoker. He was a skinny little guy. Nobody liked him. And I saw, what I saw was what Kim said. You see the other side of it. And I saw why he was acting the way he was. And because I saw that, then compassion start to, started to rise up on the inside of me uh, for this man. And I could not be hurt by him anymore, ever again. And from that day forth, he began to favor me because I just had compassion for him. I didn't change my behavior that I knew of, but the one thing that we need to know for sure is their people feel what you're feeling against. If you're against somebody, they feel it. You might not have to say anything, but they feel it. And he, I believe he began to feel the compassion that I had for him. And from that day forth, he favored me, gave me raises, gave me a bonus when we got ready to leave. And uh, his whole attitude changed towards me because my attitude had changed towards him. Yeah. And uh, I, I, John Bevere had talked about in his book, Beta Satan, which honestly, if you haven't read Beta Satan, you need to read it because it's very good to be refreshed. But he makes mention of that one thing because a lot of times we think, okay, Lord, I know I've been there. Okay, Lord, I'm doing what I'm doing it your way. I'm being patient. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Uh, and they are still, every time, I just get slapped in the face almost because, and there was one particular incident that John talks about in his book that every time he sold, sowed love into this person, he would reap, it, it, it just would, uh, harshness and meanness or whatever and he I asked the Lord Lord I'm doing this he goes my love will always reap love but your harvest may not be there you have to you have to just trust the Lord you may not see the reward in that person like mom did was a supernatural change what if they don't supernaturally change guess what you do you still love them you still go back to your source in the morning. Let me tell you, you cannot live this way if you are not going to the source. You will always react in the natural. That should be a red flag 
that I know in my life, when I'm walking and I get, busyness is usually my trap. When I'm busy and about the second or third day and I get irritated about just about everybody because you know what? They don't rock right. <laughs> you know, they're not doing things right. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's my momness because being the mom of so many kids, I'm able to, you know, I have an anointing to correct my kids. I honestly do. I have an anointing to correct my kids. And so what happens when, when I'm not at the source, that anointing kind of gets putrid and I see everybody's faults. And then I think it's up to me to correct them. I ha so that should be my red flag. When everything irritates me because they're not doing it right, that person did that. Yeah, that person did that. They should have done that. They know better than to act that way. Boom. Oh, my goodness. Did you see her? She was like, I mean, when I catch myself picking at every little fault of someone, that's kind of, I have kind of done it enough <laughs> that I realized, okay, wait a minute. I'm really being pulled into that trap of offense, and I need to get back to the source because just like what mom said, I've, I've got ingrown eyeballs and I'm only seeing me and how I was treated and how, you know, like I'm the smartest and I know that everybody needs straightened out. Uh, but I'm not seeing them, how God sees them. And, I, and that, that anointing is gone, which that anointing is protection. And now all of a sudden I'm hurt all the time. Because without that anointing, you get hurt all the time. But when that anointing's there, it's like it really doesn't matter that someone is being mean to you or mistreating you outright. Like making you do all the work, like Cinderella. They're sitting there doing their thumbnails. And they're making, go ahead, go do that. Uh -uh. And then telling the boss that, that you're doing it wrong and you're lazy or whatever. You say, no, you just keep on keeping on doing exactly what the Lord said. And just like mom, she could have went home and quit. Now what the Lord could have said, you know what? I released you from this job, but there's no other way to be released from a church or from a job that God put you in. If God put you in there, he's the one who's going to take you out. If God puts you in that job, no matter what you're treated, you stay until God tells you to leave. If God puts you in a church, you stay and if everything everybody in that church is doing is wrong, then you need to double check that you don't have ingrown eyeballs and that you're actually looking outward and you're trying to be a solution to the problem and not trying to just go, wow, I wish they'd really get their children's church better. You know, every time I go in there, all they're doing is playing or watching a movie, <sighs> hey, I'm happy you just come help me. So that's a red flag. That should be something that causes you to, it should be, a, what do we call it, a yellow light. When you see the caution light, stop. Go, okay, Lord, number one, if I've gotten away from you, I've gotten away from communing with you daily, and then get back into the super, natural instead of the natural 
And then, Lord, help me to see these people the way you see them. And help me to do exactly what you tell me to do. So, come back next Wednesday for some more ouches. Because this is tough. This is tough. It's a tough way to live. We're not used to it. We're not used to going, wow, I have to be mistreated. We're not used to that. But this is good stuff because it's living at a higher level. It really is. And that's where God wants us because that's where we're most effective. To be out of the trap and to be furthering the kingdom, building God's kingdom one day at a time. One step at a time. One refusing to defend yourself at a time. One getting out of the trap at a time. Amen? So I will encourage you, um, there is a, and if you guys did go on Messenger X, the app that we talked about the very first time I spoke, you can go on there, you can watch the videos of every lesson, watch a discussion of every lesson, and you can look at the papers for every lesson. Well, on this particular lesson, it has a part where you can write down everything that this person or whatever is being mistreated. And then you give it to God and say, okay, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to let you defend me in this area. And then it's got a prayer that you can go on and pray. And I would encourage you, if you're in a situation that that is going on, that uh, to do that. Because sometimes it just helps. You know, if you can just vent, you know how some people can just vent, they just need a vent. Well, guess what? You really need to be venting to the Lord. He can handle it, and he can tell you what to do. And I would probably say only vent to him. So use your pen and paper and vent. I'm being mistreated this way, whatever. And then pray the prayer and do whatever he tells you to do. If he tells you to get out, then you need to get out. If he tells you to stay, then you need to stay. If he tells you to pray for that person, you might do it through gritted teeth, but you need to pray for that person. And God will move because he's a great defender. Amen? Amen. You guys are dismissed. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.